Okay, people, it is part two of this week's Echo Chamber. And as promised, people, as promised, this is something a little special. Something a little special because we got acting royalty in the his house. Yeah, that's right, man. We got OGs, young G's, oh, younger G's, just straight talent, straight talent. But before, as we do, you know, I mean, we'll, we've got a little review, right? We got a review before we get to the meat of it, right? The apparatus aperitif and then the main course people so sit back because history in the making we've had greatness on this podcast people but today it goes to that next level all right buckling let's go Okay, so horror fans, it is that time of year again. That is right. The 2022 edition of Final Girls Festival is fast approaching. So from the 3rd to the 6th of February, those in Berlin, you can go to the Kino City Wedding Venue. Right, but it's also going to be um virtual as well, right? So I think all the films are geo-locked to Germany, but I think the shorts, I think the shorts you can watch all over the joint, right? So what is Final Girls Berlin? You may ask. Well. It's a film festival that showcases horror cinema that's directed, written, or produced by women and non-binary filmmakers. They are committed to creating space for female voices and visions, whether monstrous, heroic, or some messy combination of the two in the horror genre. They've um, seen more than enough representations of women as beautified victims and constructions of male fantasies or anxieties and are working towards the primacy of women as subjects and storytellers in horror. The final girl horror trope refers to the last woman standing in a horror film who manages to escape or defeat the film's villain monster. You know, we've seen it in Alien, Halloween, Scream, you know, those sort of things, right? While Final Girl is an ambivalently feminist figure in film criticism, often desexualized and tainted with the male director's moralization and punishment of other female characters' behavior, the festival utilizes this figure as a starting point for carving out space for new and undiscovered positions of power for women in horror, not only in front of, but also behind the camera. So, yeah, there you go. Right, now, 
what is showing? Well, the festival always has a slew of um, films and shorts, right? So the um, the shorts schedule that will be happening uh, this festival are um, are these, right? So you have got. Uh, Social Ills, right? That shorts will be playing on Thursday the 3rd of February, uh, along with RAF and Medical Horror. On Friday the 4th, we get Envy, um, Queen... Oh, then on Saturday the 5th is Queer Horror... Midnight and Sunday the sixth of February is a gluttony menacing presences. Uh in those blocks, right? So social ills, you get the goldfish directed by Ashley Page Brim. She whistles, directed by Fereza Kulfard. Smile, directed by Joanna. Tazinia, Dedication from Selena Sorderman, The Expected from Carolina Sardvik, and a beta male from Marianne Chase. In RAF, you have a Dana from Lucia Forma Sagara, uh, Menaka. From Lilith Haller, Mascara from Marie Sonnet, Medical Horror brings us Occupation Hazard from Ursula Ellis, Freya from Camille Hollett French, They Called Me David from Lindsay Hallam, Hysteria from Jenna Payne, The Living from Cleo Handler. Then, on Friday the 4th, Envy, there is Red is the Colour of Beauty from Beck Kidbis. Inch Thick Knee Deep from Anastasia Blakey. Hanya from Eva Monez. Sister from Michaela Bruce. Girls' Night In from Alison Roberts. Uh, the Murderers, Murderers Prefer Blondes from uh, Mika Bar on Nesha and Mary Neely. Uh, so there's also Queer Horror, right? On Saturday the 5th, we get Gay Teen Werewolf from Andy Rose Fiddenton. Itch from Savannah Fagoria. Protection Spell from Marin Moreno. Sundown Town from Milo Butler. The Cost of Living from Alice Truman. New Flesh from Old Ceremony from Elizabeth Rakakina. M Monster Dyke from Kea. Adeya and Maro Shamil. 
Um, also, there is Midnight, and we in that block we have Verified from Ali Chappelle, Arm from Jill Worsley, It Came from the Kitchen from Jessica Salgado, Young Forever from Stevie Sisdrip, Victim Number Six from Nancy Minaj. Posted No Hunting from Elisa Stern. Crafty Witch from Laura Beth Cowley. Death Valley from Grace Sloan. Visitors from Kenishi Ugana. Then Sunday the 6th in Gluttony, we have a Ghoul Log from Christine Pfizer. Three Ways to Dine from Alison Percy. Demon Juice from Shannon Brown. A binge and Purgatory from Rebecca Kazuk. Misophenia from Juliana Robinson. And Such Small Hands from Maria Martinez Bazuna. And in the last block, Menacing Presence, we get Inheritance from Annelise Lockhart, Housekeeping from Kyle Dunbar, Sudden Light from Sophie Lippman, and Cold from Josephine Darcy Hopkins. So we also get some feature films. Right, so um, on Friday, we have Hellbender uh, from Toby Poser, Zelda Adams, and John Adams. We also have Here Before from Stacey Gregg. Um, on uh, Sunday, you get Good Madam. From Jenna Katu Bass. Uh, this is in Zusha and English with English subtitles. And there's also Knocking, which is from Frida Kempf. So, people, as you can see, uh, there's a lot. Oh! Saturday, I mean Saturday's film. Apologies, people. Um, yeah, on Saturday there is "You Are Not My Mother" from Kate Dolan. Uh, and I miss Thursday. I'm all over the place. Uh, we got "We're All Going to the World's Fair" from Jane uh, Schumbrum. So, uh, yeah. As said, people, if you are a horror fan, there is a lot to get excited about in the upcoming Final Girls of Berlin Film Festival. So mark off those days, the 3rd to the 6th of February. Fast approaching, people. So go check out the, um, the website. It's in the episode details. You know what I mean? Check out, mark down those films you want to see, and then you can sit back and get ready 
for the shivers, the bumps, the gores, all that fun horror brings to you. So, people, Final Girls Berlin Film Festival, it's coming. Okay, people, so we're going to start off with the review, as promised. Okay, it's a great film. I struggle to pronounce the name. I believe it is Immerman. 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 Right? It's I M M A N E N C E. So don't mock me, people, because I bet you can't pronounce it either. I do get rinsed for my pronunciation. Idiot. So, um, yeah. Anyway, let, let's get to Immerments. Immerments. It's good, people. Trust. Okay, people. So the great and powerful AJ Furman did it again. Hooked me up with another just crazy indie film called Immerments. Immerments? Immerments? They pronounce it in the film. It sounded like an easy word to pronounce. <laughs> I don't think it's an easy word to pronounce. <laughs> now, I guess if you, um, maybe if you read your scriptures, you, you get it. I don't get it, people. I don't get it. It might be my heathen tendencies. But yeah, so check this film out, right? It is written and directed by Kerry um, Belasa, who, um, you know, had help with Joshua Cram on the writing duties. Okay, so it is um, produced by um, Kerry. Uh, she's joined by Summer Belazar. I feel that's probably her sister, you know. Um, also, Cassandra Jones and Michael Beach. Okay, so, uh, yeah, they all produced the film. Executive produced by Matthew Helderman um, and Luke Taylor with Evan Mirzai as the associate producer. The music is from Chris Bacon and Gad Emil Zichun. Cinematography is Oscar Igacio Jimenez. Makeup is Natasha Young. Um, yeah, second unit director is Adam Miguel. Sound was Curtis Ewan, um, Darren Hennis, Nisha Hennis, Natalie Labwinska, Jorge Mauricio Rivares, Philip Stefanensky. And Jayek Wiskanensky. So, um, yeah, there's a load of talented people working on this. And our cast. Well, um, yes, yeah, Summer Belleza, she's also in the film. She plays Naomi. Um, we've got Anthony Ruvavar as a Roman. They're both scientists, along with... 
Harper, who is played by Keisha uh, Pilarix and Sudzo, who's played by Azanif Del Toro. Um, yeah, we then have got um, Davis, who uh, runs the party boat. He's played by Eugene Bird. And then the great Michael Beach, who plays Jonah. Um, there's Hannah, played by Mira Turtle. Um, a priest who's played by Chris Devlin. Um, then we've got Cheyenne Momfifia. Bichia uh, Cillion. Um, they're up in the very beginning uh, with the priest and James McShane. He's in it, but I won't tell you what he's playing. All right, so that is our cast. And the gist of the film is this. While investigating a meteor strike in the Bermuda Triangle, a team of radio astronomers discover a mysterious signal in the deep sea that could be the world's first contact with extraterrestrials. After witnessing various impossible phenomena, the team becomes convinced that something is trying to communicate with them. Aboard their boat is Jonah, a loner with a mysterious past and cryptic motives. His faith leads him to suggest that this communication may be a manifestation of divinity, a hypothesis which the scientists immediately reject. Soon the communications go from inexplicable to terrifying, threatening not only the team's beliefs, but also their lives. When chaos culminates in an ominous revelation that makes everyone a threat, the team must fight for sanity and survival in a nightmare against the ultimate evil. So, people, that is, that's the gist of the film. And, yo, oh, my God, this one grabs you. It really grabs you, man. Like, it opens up, right? It, it does that thing where you open up with something from later on in the film, which a lot of the time then gives you, you know, the fate of everyone, right? Which I find it does spoil it a little bit. This one, though, people, I will say, it teases but it doesn't paint the full picture, right? Because, yeah, I'm like, ah, okay. All right, well, we know. But it's not the case. And I will say, right, the the, 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 the hurdles, you know what I mean? The, the peaks, the loops, the twists this film takes you in, it is definitely something a little, whew, like, because I think you think the film is taking you in one direction. But it, it, it isn't 
necessarily doing that, right? I think what we get, because we see these different things happening, right? We, we see um, Naomi with her mother, and her mother's very religious, right? So we see this incident. So we feel there is something happening there, right? We then see um, these, this kind of a meteor, this effect, this thing, which triggers, like, everyone's phone is going off. We see um, Roman out at a party, um, which, I mean, I have to say, like, once, once you kind of meet Roman more, you kind of think, I'm surprised that dude was at a party. But, yeah, we see Roman out. Um, he comes. We, um, you know, we see uh, Harper. You know, everyone's kind of drawn, right? They're excited. They're excited by this phenomena. So we have them all on this boat, right? We have them all on this, on this boat, which then you're thinking, oh, oh, okay. And you're counting, right? And you're like, how many of them are there? Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Um, but it, it's then we get these interesting conversations because they're all talking. It's from the scientific point of view, right? They're, they're looking at first contact. And then, you know, Jonah throws in this kind of a religious connotation, right? Which everyone, of course, they're going to throw it out, right? Of course. It's scientists, man. You know what I mean? It, it's all about the data. It, it's all about you know, the evidence that you have, which they're interesting conversations, but you do think, oh, is the film just going to be this, right? A, a Mulder Scully situation. I don't believe you. I believe you. I don't believe you. It's true. But it's not. It's not even that. But we do get some, we are, oh, we do get some great little, little quips up in there. You know what I mean? Like, that's a big leap. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I'm a scientist. Where did you get your information? Huh? Huh? YouTube. <laughs> it's just, oh my gosh, it's all about the delivery in a lot of these. And it's nailed. It is really nailed. But I will say, right, one of the great things about this, I feel it's the lighting, right? There's lighting the similar, similar. I can't pronounce things, people. Whew. It's the cinematography, like the way everything is presented to you. It's hinted. There's a lot of hints. And it's not like... Oh, we're not seeing certain things. No, we see certain things. Like, we see a pig. Like, we see fish. But sometimes it's a little obscured. Right? We're, we're seeing part of, you know, shade. It's all about shades of reality here. And that, oh, my gosh, that makes things so fucking creepy. Right? It makes me so creepy. It's insane. When you think about films like the first Alien, 
You know what I mean? The first alien, right? We hardly see the friggin' alien in that film, right? Then you think of stuff like The Thing. Again, we don't really see The Thing. And that creates this sense of intrigue, this sense of anticipation, right? Heightened fear, paranoia. And this is what happens with this film. Because if you look at all these situations and it's just like, <gasps> towards the end, when this thing goes down, right? We don't really get a, a, a properly clear look for a while. And it makes it super just like, okay, what's happening here? What's going on? You know what I mean? And even when we get a better look, it's still a little fluid, which is, incredible right because this is Bellacy's second fucking film right she made Ambrilla in 2012 and then this right and then this you know what I mean like nine years later she makes another film and it's handled with such a deft touch it is super impressive super impressive all our cast because you gotta relay skepticism here you know what I mean you've gotta relay fear you gotta relay contempt and we get that but also a little hypocrisy a little hypocrisy because it's one of those things right where people will go, I, I you know, ah, no, no, poo-poo to that, my friend, poo-poo to that, and then the moment it gets a little, it's like, actually, you may have a point, <laughs> I may concede this to you, <laughs> but you're not right, you know what I mean, is it in that way where it's just like, I'm not going to give you the acknowledgement of what you said, but I'm going to move over here. You know what I mean? It's one of them. So we get that from these people. And it is all very believable. It's all very believable. Right? You, you, you kind of be like, oh, I know people like you. Yeah, I've been to the church. I know people like you. Shit. <laughs> it, it really does have you it, it, it grips you and you're just you're on this ride you know it's on a boat so yeah you're on this ride right <laughs> and everything that starts to happen it heightens your 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 sense of unease that's what it does Heightens your sense of like, like you find yourself. I find myself like moving closer to the screen. I'm sitting there, hands up, and it's just like, okay, what the fuck just happened there? What just happened there? What's going down, man? What's going down? And it, it gives us these things, right? It gives us these scenarios, right? A lot of that, if you could only save four people from a burning house. 
who you, you know what I mean? It, give, it throws up these kind of things, right? These problem-solving situations. And you get to see the true face of some of these peoples, right? You really do, which gets like, oh, shit. Okay. Okay. You know, there's, hey, everyone asks themselves, what would you do when push comes to shove, right? In a situation, are you going to stand and fight or are you going to flee? And we, we see that with these characters. It's great. And the film ends. It ends on this note, which is intriguing. It's one of those ones where it's just like, okay, did the thimble drop? Like, what the fuck? Where did it go? Where did it go? Like, there are so many questions, but, right, it doesn't matter. Because, I think mean, you are, you are there for it, right? You are on this journey with these characters, and you are just like, yo, shit. I mean, yo, people, people, you will want to see this film. I'm telling you right now, right? Now, they are different films, but I'll say, if you enjoyed The Cleansing Hour on Shudder, we spoke about that, I think that was 2020, right? I think that was 2020. It may have been late 2019, but we spoke about it. You could go back into the archive, check that one, people. But it, it's it got a kind of cleansing our vibe to it. Completely different films. But I'd say if you enjoyed that, you will enjoy this. There was also that film. It's now on Netflix. We saw it during... Um, shit. Man, it, it may have been Fantasia, right? Um, Black Sound Island, is it? The Black Island Sound. You know the one I'm talking about. It was a very good film. And it's got that kind of vibe to it as well. So, yeah, if it's on Netflix. So check that for sure. But if you like those people, you are going to definitely dig. Um, shit, I'm going to have to pronounce his name again. Immaments, <laughs> Yo, you're gonna dig this film, people. You really will. And hey, you get to see it, right? It will be hitting all your favorite VODs. You know what I mean? It's gonna be hitting all those platforms, whichever ones you use, on the fourth of February. So, yes, people, go check that out. Go check that out. And also, people, if you want to find out a little bit more about the film, we got a little interview. So make sure you go check that too. All right? People, immigrants, it will, will make you believe something. That's for sure. Okay. So I promised you people, and you know, if I make a promise, I do deliver. Sometimes it takes a, a little bit longer, but you get it. So 
hope you're sitting down because in the house next we have got michael beach that's right people that's right we got michael beach doc right and miles morales's dad yeah eugene bird how about that michael beach and Eugene Bird in the same goddamn room. People, oh, you are going to enjoy this one. This is pretty great. It's pretty great, people. So let's go. Okay, so Echo Chamber, right? We've had many great people come on and conversate with us. But right now, people, whoo. We are in the presence of a goddamn legend, right? <laughs> We've got the great Michael Beach here, people. You know what I mean? Like, Brilliant. hey, I, I remember watching Third Watch. I was gripped watching Third Watch. And Doc, I was, I rode with Doc, man, but Doc infuriated me. There was certain <laughs> time. You know what I mean? Like, Doc is doing some crazy things. And you're just like, yo, talk to the girl, man. What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? I know exactly <laughs> what episode you're talking about. Talk to the girl, man. She's <laughs> fine. <laughs> hey, and I can't forget, we've also got the great Eugene Bird here as well. Gentlemen. And, you know, Eugene, he's been in just as many great things. And I will say... Yo, I didn't realize you were in crisscross. I remember wow. watching Chris Goddamn Cross as a kid. I love wow. that show. And then I see no <laughs> more fucking crisscross. I'm like, yo. Okay. Wow. Wow. The fact you brought that up is impressive. That's impressive. Yeah, man. That was like 93, man. That was 93. That was yeah. 93. Yeah. That was 93. Yeah. Been around. Nottingham. Been around. I've been around. I've been around. I've been around. <laughs> I've been around. <laughs> so, yo, you are both in the, you know, starring this film. Go try and pronounce it. Uh, Immaments? In Immaments? 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 It's a tricky word. Uh, it's, it, it, no, it's, it's eminence. Eminence. <sighs> See, I know it's like, it sounds it's like it starts with an E, but it's written with an I. Like, it yeah. confuses you. <laughs> All right. So you're both in eminence, right? Yeah. Which... <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad at it, though. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're just going to let it go now. Say whatever you want. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> but that film... It's a crazy film, man. It's a crazy film. I loved it. Like, how the hell did you get involved with that? Well, originally I got involved because my wife and I, our kids go to this uh, dance school. And one of the parents, the father who of another dancer, um, asked my wife, hey, listen, would you, would you mind, would you ask your husband if he'd read the script I have? And... Um, and I, you know, she sent it to me. She got it for me. I read it. And uh, I really love the concept, the idea of religion and science and the, mm. the battle, you know, so I love that concept. So I said, 
I said, listen, if you're up to doing some rewrites and, um, you know, and I, I could, I will come on with you as long as our schedules work out and I'll, I'll give a, a few friends a call and Eugene was one of them. And, uh, here we are. All right. But let me ask you this, right. When your wife came to you and was like, um, Hey, someone at the dance today asked me if you could read a script. We're like, honestly, at first, were you just like, God damn it. Just tell them no. Just tell them no. <laughs> you with this shit. What's going no, on? You know, it's funny because it happens a lot. Yeah. It happens I a lot. Yeah. And um, you just never know. I do a lot of indie films and I do a lot of shorts, you know. Um, and it, it's usually I do it because it just keeps me connected to why I'm acting, you know. Mm. And I'll read, I'll read the first 10 pages. And if it doesn't hook me, then it's just a no. I'm not going to waste my time. But if it's something that, you know, that I go, oh, this is, this is interesting, then I'll, I'll keep reading. And, if, it, and if, it, if things work out, then I'm open to it, you know? And I think that's, that's something I don't ever want to lose. It doesn't matter how much I do or how old I get. You know, I love the idea of people striving to do something against all odds, you know, and making indie films in this business is very tough. And now today, indie films are 1 million, 5 million. I mean, you know, that's mm. not an indie film. You know, an indie <laughs> film is, you know, is, a, you know, very, very small, under a half a million dollars. I wouldn't even call anything above that an indie to me, especially with the technology we have today. You yeah. know, so um, this is an indie film and that's one of the that's one of the reasons I got involved in it. Okay, no, that that's good. I think that's always a, a really interesting thing to hear because, yeah, it is funny. You can watch a lot of indie films, and suddenly you see someone, you be like, "Yo, mm. how is that? How did they get <laughs> to this?" And it, and it's always interesting to get those answers from people. Sometimes it was just like, "Hey, well, you know, they knew this person," or it's just like, right. "Just my eight, they got the script to me, and it, it right. talked to me, so I, I had a gap, so I did it." There's always these interesting things, and I just think, and what you said, like, it, you know, it keeps you connected, and I think that's mm. definitely a thing because we we right. see some actors, actresses. And as they go on, they just, they're not really the characters in the films, right? They're just themselves, right? right? So you right. watch a film, you'd be like, oh, you know what I mean? That's thingy being thingy, right? <laughs> right. But it, you know I, mean? I could say names, but I'm not going to say names, right? But it's just, uh, you know what I mean? And like, it brings people to the film for sure. But it's just like, yeah. you remember those early days when they really got into character and be like, yo, I want to see right. that. And right. I think when you see people do indie films and do these other projects and really mix things up with the roles they take, you usually see them really getting into the roles and always following through and just investing themselves. And that's always just so intriguing. It's a great thing to see, man. Well, in indie films, that's all you have. I mean, not all you have, but that's the meat of what you have. That's why you're doing it, you know, because you don't have special effects, you don't have money, you don't have CGI, you don't have, 
you know, amazing locations and sets and all that stuff because you can't afford it. Mm. So all you have are the characters and the story. And hopefully you have a good director who is able to help navigate that without all these, you know, big money project uh, things that would that could enhance, you know, and they do enhance things. But when you have a, a small film, you have to rely on the story and the acting and the directing solely, you know, and not the flash. There's no yeah. flash usually in indie films. I'd be curious to see, ask Eugene why he came aboard. I mean, outside of me, I, you know, I wonder why he. Oh, no, it was only because aboard. of you, because you asked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm always, I'm, I'm, I'm just like Mike in that respect. Like I'll do shorts and I'll do indies. I'll do things where, um, you know, if the story is interesting, you know, I'm down. And when Mike asked me, and I know, and I know Mike, I've known Mike obviously for years, and you know, for him to ask, I was like, this must be something he really wants to do, and he's really invested in. He really thinks he wants the right people for, and he thinks that I'm right for this. So, okay, you know, I'll do it. I, and I did it sight unseen. I didn't see the script. Okay, I didn't see it because I trusted. I trusted my friend. I was like, he's his taste is usually very strong, and um, he was right in the fact that. It was a it was a it was a meaty, interesting idea, and uh, you know the beautiful thing about it is it's an intimate thing. So we got to play with other than monetary restrictions. There was no acting restrictions in terms of let's try to figure out who our characters are. Let's mm. try to build upon them, and then we were stuck on a boat from four p.m. to four a.m. <laughs> right, <laughs> we couldn't go nowhere. There's, yeah, there's no escape. You know they a say small hey, you gotta boat. do something right now. You do it now because you're not getting off this boat <laughs> till we get off till we dock at four a.m. So I was, you know, we were crazy around that time, man. But it was, it was, it was a fun. It was fun to do with them. It was very fun, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there, there's a couple of things I, I want from that. I want to ask you now, right? So when you read the role, right? So Michael calls you up and he's like, "Yo, I want you to be in this film." You know, because you know you follow me around all the time, so you might as well just. I might as well. Invite <laughs> I you mean, it's, I mean, might as well right? just keep the trend going, right? <laughs> every decade, it's literally been almost every decade of my life. I've done something. That's funny. It's but, actually um, the truth. <laughs> once, once you read the script, like, what was it about the character that kind of really spoke to you? Um, I think it was the fact that Davis was the because there's a lot of heaviness to this to this to the script there's a lot yeah. of heaviness to what's going on and i felt davis was the light in terms of being the funny person the person that is the is not is skeptical but funny skeptical sort of like man this doesn't make any sense to me and i i usually like those characters because when you those characters come into a thing it, it kind of alleviates some of the tension right but also now he's invested in what happens in the script as mm. well because now what starts happening is now happening to him. And now it's, it, 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 it's always felt like this film was about belief. You know, it's about what you believe. And yeah. I, this kid was, and Davis is more about money and tech and doesn't understand, you know, like, I don't understand that stuff. I don't care, that's not my problem. But he starts to believe something else while this film goes on. And I thought that, that, that interested me. 
Yeah, that that was when I started first started the film. I was like, oh, is this gonna be a Mulder and Scully situation? Yeah, you know I mean, <laughs> I believe. Yeah. I don't believe, right? Is, is it gonna <laughs> be that? But yeah. it becomes so much more, right? It becomes that. You know what I mean, like, what would you do when push comes to shove, right? When you you say you're this person, but do you stay that person in the face of crazy, right? right. And we see right. some people stand and fight and some people run. And so it was so interesting seeing what these characters do. And it's right. like, as you say, you, you were kind of the fun, jokey dude, but it wasn't like... You know, you, sometimes you watch those films and someone is the light relief, but it's so obvious. It's so false. But it, it right. everything felt really natural with this, the developments of the characters and everything. And that's what made it so intriguing. Good to hear. But, but, I, will very good to hear. but I will say this, right? So Michael mm -hmm. calls you up. He asks you to be in this film. And then you do something mad heinous. Like, what the fuck, son? I mean, I don't even know what you're saying right now because I can't <laughs> I talk about anything. Do I. <laughs> I don't know what you're speaking of. Um, I was an angel in the film. <laughs> I, in, in the film and outside the film, so I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. I don't know what you're talking about, bro. <laughs> right, what was it like filming on a boat? I right? hate it. Yeah. I can't swim, man. Let's just let's be real. I can't swim. And that was a, that was the real thing that made me think about this when he said, <laughs> you, he's like, he's like, hey man, I need you to do this. I'm like, well, all right, it's cool. Uh, it's on a boat. What? <laughs> you know I don't swim, man. He was like, I got you. We gonna be okay. I won't want anything to happen to you. And I'm sitting there like, you can't help if something happens to that boat. <laughs> and I thought we were gonna be shooting it docked. Like they didn't tell me you were going out on the on the, on the water until. I got on the boat. They're like, oh, anyway, we're, we're taking off. I'm like, what do you mean we're taking off? The boat should be docked, right? Y'all, yeah, yeah. Eugene is side. like, we, we, we had him. He's like the uh, B.A. Baracus on uh, the, you know, <laughs> the A-team, you know. So we had to, yeah, we had to go, oh, no, we're going to be right here, dude. Yeah, hey, here, eat this, you know, and have him fall asleep for a minute and then take the boat out. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's not that far from the truth, to be honest. They, they distracted he did, me. You did. You had to take pills and everything, right? <laughs> I, did, I did. I was like, they gave me, they gave me stuff, and they would go, "It's gonna be okay." They distracted me with cameras. They were like, "Hey, man, look at this camera." I'm like, "Ooh, it's not taking off." <laughs> so it's, yeah, yeah, we, um, they got me on that one. They got me on that one. It was fun. Oh that's why God. I said it was fun. And that, uh, Anthony, Anthony was fun too, you know, because he made fun of me too. <laughs> like that that's interesting because I I had a thought, yeah, that if you're filming that possibly you do stay by the dock, right? But you actually go out into the water to to kind of Yeah, we wanted to we actually wanted to use the darkness of right. you know being out, you know, so we had to go in the water because we we had to shoot stuff on the boat on an exterior of the boat and not see the dock or see other right, boats, right. Or, you know, cause we're supposed mm -hmm. to be way out in the middle of the ocean. The problem partly was that it was so dark <laughs> that you, 
you know, it's like you we didn't want it to look like a, a super, super cheap thing where we're supposed to be out in the ocean, but we just have a black thing behind us, you know, and we're just talking. But it was kind of like that because it was, it was. so dark. And it was it was very hard to have any kind of depth because, you know, in the background, it was just pitch black, you know. So we there were times we had problems with that. But, we, you know, again, that's the the beauty of indie filmmaking when you go, OK, well, how do we deal with this? And you just have to find out a way to deal with that right on the spot and try to make something happen. You know, you just said something just now that made me realize that we didn't have to go out on, on, on the boat. We didn't have to go out there because we could have put a black backdrop up and the same thing would happen. See, now I'm mad. See, we could have saved some time and some money. Sorry, yeah, man. but we I had other now. shots where it became relevant. It did become relevant. <laughs> but it was, I wasn't on the boat. Y'all didn't need me. Right. I, 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 I really hope, Michael, you, you messed with Eugene and gave him a copy of the script where he's in the cage, right? Because I, I <laughs> you know what I mean? Just let him read that and be like, say what? No, no, no. You would have been, 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 been an automatic no for me, bro. Over the side. And, uh, no, I'd been like, be I'd be like, that's a negative. That's a negative. <laughs> this is what's the beautiful, this, this is the beautiful part about indie films. You could be like, we got to do a rewrite right now. <laughs> Right now, we gotta do a rewrite. So that's because you want to think about indie films is you can have a collaborative, you can have a collaborative situation, and we did on this shoot because you know there were things that we were like, okay, well, what if I, I, let's flesh out this character, let's flesh out this character. So everybody had their moments. Yeah, and uh, that's what also is a beautiful, beautiful thing about indie films because you could you could have that moment, you can have that conversation, um, because you know indie films, you're not getting paid. So no, you're not. <laughs> you're not getting paid. This is like community theater. You're doing this for the love of the acting. So, yeah, I think I think uh, coming to thinking about it, and I, I'm I haven't seen the final final, but I don't think it's in the in the in the film. But Summer and I had to get out on the dinghy, and you know we were you know we and we were had a rope, but we were out in the in the middle of the water late, late at night. Um, and we had wetsuits on and stuff. And we, we filmed, it was a, a cool idea. I, I think it, I'm pretty sure it was cut. But when you talk about like, you know, we were, we were nervous because we had seen some seals in the water and stuff. Oh, and it's pitch black and we, you know, our legs are actually pretty much in the water. And uh, it was a it was a good idea, but again, it was so it was choppier than we thought, so it was hard to to get the right shot and stuff like that. But you know, the, the, that's that's part of the it's just part of the joy of going for something and you know dealing with the problems that that come from not having enough money to do right. you know whatever you want to do, you know. Yeah. Like, what is it like when you do, you know, because you've both been in some big stuff, right? So going from these big productions, like Harder They Fall, which was 
Oh my gosh. Right. So that over here, yeah. it opened up the, the BFI London Film Festival last year. And mm-hmm. we were all sitting, like the press screening was in the Royal Albert Hall. No, sorry, the Royal Festival Hall. Right. So we go to the Royal Festival Hall, eight o'clock in the morning. And then that, and like the music plays and it's vibrating. And it was such an incredible experience, man. And yeah. just to see all that talent on the screen, it was. Right. That film was superb. I will say yeah. that now. That film was superb. Yeah, that film was okay. You know, I wasn't, <laughs> it would have been great if I. It would have been great if I was in it. I was uh, mad. I said all these people that I knew. I was like, yo, I didn't get a call. That's, <laughs> that's the one time Mike Beach doesn't call. James told me. James told me that he was gonna call you for part two. But anyway, yeah, that's what's gonna end up happening. Like, oh yeah, we need this guy to just gonna go die in the beginning of the film. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'd be like, yeah, let's go. I, that's what I do. I die, hey, bro. that's what happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know he was in it. I'm, I'm turning, I'm, I'm turning the film on, and, and I was like, oh, this guy. <laughs> I didn't know he was in this. <laughs> yeah, it's like, where was the call for that one, Mike? Man, <laughs> I didn't get that call. Actually, he did call me, but he was asking me a question when he was in. New Mexico, but I didn't know that's what he was calling. He was just calling, like, hey, brother, I got to ask you a question. I was like, all right, cool. What you doing? Oh, man, I'm just down here doing something. I'll be back. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, true. Oh, oh, man. But, like, Life. going from something like that to now an indie film, like, yeah, like, you know what I mean? What, what is the, what's the feeling? Because I imagine there's all these things that you learn in these big productions that you can bring to the table. But, like, sometimes is there that, you know, you read a script or something and be like, oh, man, like, this isn't as professional as what I'm used to, or, ah, I, I wish this was more like that. Or, like, yeah, what it, what is it like going back and forward between these scales of production? For me, it's exciting. I mean, I love it. I, I just did a I just did my first non-American production in France right before Christmas, and uh, it was a um, an Egyptian production actually, and it's completely different. You know the way they shoot. You know, and not completely, but very different the way they shoot. But yeah. the thing that always stays the same especially from from an actor's uh, uh, point of view is that my job remains the same i have to i have to know my lines i have to know what my character's intentions are what the obstacles are what he's trying to achieve you know and the things that are in his way and uh do that to my the best of my ability now sometimes it's easier because the writing is better or because the production um, is, everything around the production is helping you be in that world, you know? And I think that's something that you do get when you're on a bigger production, but sometimes on a bigger production, they don't, you know, they miss some of the details because, mm-hmm. because it's more about the flash, you know? Right. On the smaller productions, it's we don't have the flash. So the flash is not even an option. You know, so now now what we have to worry about uh, um, foremost is the story. 
Is this advancing the story? You know, the characters, the, you know, um, and it, and it, I, for me, it's a little more intense on the smaller, smaller productions because it so much more relies on you, you know, mm-hmm. um, on the bigger productions, you know, the cars crashing in the back and that, you know, so I, you know, I don't have to excite the audience because the car crash is doing it. You know, yeah, I, right. I don't have to, you know, stuff like I, with the small, like on this film, you know, we have some really, it's a, it's a great concept between religion and, and science, you know, but we don't have the, the ability to say, oh, well, we're going to show this, what might be a spacecraft come, you know, we don't have that ability. So we have to do it uh, among ourselves. Mm. You know, we have to, we have to make sure that the story is strong enough to withstand the fact, the things that we don't have. You know, and it's, it's funny to echo that. It's, it's, it's funny because he's right. And also it's, you know, the blockbuster didn't what exist before what Star Wars? Jaws and Star Wars. Yeah, that, 77, so, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So big productions back in the day used to tell stories. They used to tell stories and, and that, that and, the, and it was not about the spectacle. It can't be because Ben Hur's a spectacle and, you know, and Ten Commandments and stuff like that. But mm. most of the times, you know, Hitchcockian films are about right. the story and then the camera movements, but not about big budget stuff. So, and also you said something about professional versus, you know, unprofessional. I got to tell you, I've been on some unprofessional big, big pieces. And I've That's been on true. Some, some professional <laughs> smaller pieces that you mm. wouldn't expect would have the ability to do that. So the difference is, is exactly what Mike said. And you know, Mike told me something years ago when I was a kid <clears throat> that I hold to today. And this is why I believe in doing independence and shorts. Mike said, you know, he said the thing that I, cause I asked him, I said, what do you, what do you think is the key to success in this business? He said longevity. He said, I, you know, you could be a star. He said, but it's about, the stories and the things you want to do. And most of the time, that's what gets you longevity is focusing on the story and focusing on the character and, and building through there and, and taking certain jobs that you wouldn't take because stars will take just big jobs yeah, and they won't care about the smaller stuff. And so I'm always thankful for him for that. Cause that was like one of the uh, things that sticks to me all the time about it. Cause you know, yeah. Could we go out for these bigger projects and be stars and get money? Yes, of course. But you also want to continue to be an actor. Mm. And that's why doing these smaller projects and doing these these more the Hitchcockian, you know, stories from back in the day that we've taken for granted now as we've come to the the the, the blockbuster era of everything, you know, I, I just mm-hmm. think it's still important. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. And when you pick roles, right? Because I think there is that that issue, and especially in the past, right, with um, you know, black actors, that you only saw them cast in certain roles. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it would be like, oh, the robber, oh, like right. the hood, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, the barbecue yeah. scene, right? And it was a certain sort of roles, but the big ones always only went to a certain small group of people, right? But, Looking at both of your back catalogs, you've really diversified yourselves. 
you know, playing different sort of roles. I mean, Michael, you've been a philanderer a few times. You know what I mean? <laughs> More than a few times. Like, I can't believe what you did to, to Miss Bassett in waiting to exhale. And then you did it again in Soul Food, I Michael. I gave you the money. Now I gave you the, <laughs> I gave you the house. Now sell it. Like, yeah. he's got quotables. <laughs> <laughs> he's the most quotable cat in the history of television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, like... I, I mean, but I think the the idea of sticking around, you know, uh, and Gene, I mean, I'm much older than him, but he started when I started. He, you know, he's, he was a child actor. So he's been around as long as I've been around, and uh, the the idea is to is to stay relevant. And how do you do that? You, I mean, first of all, it is you know, a lot of it is not up to you. Yeah, you know, it's just fate how things happen. But the one of the things that you know, first of all, your work has to be strong. You have to make sure that you're always trying to get better you're always trying to figure stuff out you always try but beyond that you how you how you are on set which people don't understand is just as relevant you know how you yes. treat people how you you know if you disrespect people if you you know if you're an asshole excuse my french on set that that is part of your reputation mm -hmm. and you know, you, you never know, which I always say is, you know, it doesn't matter what project you're on, you have no idea what that director or producer is going to be doing in the future. And the future could be 10 years from now, or it could be a year from now, or two years from now. And nobody wants to work with somebody who is just unhappy on the set. Because that permeates, especially if you're one of the main actors, it just like you come to set and the crew is just deflated. Because yep. what are we going to have to deal with today? Yeah, you know. And um, so I think I think a lot of that, outside of the things that we don't control, the things that we do control are very important. That you know that we 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 be positive that we we right. understand how fortunate that we are you know to be doing what we're doing and to make a living at it and um and i think that's one of the things for me that and i still love it is because i think i just take a positive note with me in in everything i do no matter how difficult it is you know it's difficult for everyone I'm just one of the people here. And part of my job is to make this experience as pleasant as possible. Right. hundred <clears throat> percent. I mean, it's, it's, it's hundred percent correct. I mean, cause there's not, there's nothing worse than when you come on a show and the number one on the call sheet usually sets the table of how mm -hmm. everybody's going to be. Mm -hmm. And when mm -hmm. you go on a set and it's miserable, most likely the number one is the problem. And, right, and, yeah. and, it, and it permeates, man. It, it really does. Yeah. You have a terrible number one, the show's usually going to be miserable. And it could be a success. It could be a hit. Right, right. It doesn't mean everybody's happy. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't have to be just the number one. It could be two, three. True. It doesn't True. matter, you know. But obviously, the one is the top dog. 
but you can have a great one and you can have a terrible two or three, you know, and what, what, what we're talking about is the, the pecking order on the call sheet, you know, mm. the number one actor, number two actor, number three actor, not about their talent or anything like that, but just how they're placed on the call sheet. Right. Right. Yeah. The, the, the amount of times you hear sometimes about films or shows that flopped and it'd be like, oh, because the problems behind the scenes were crazy. But then sometimes even on the big shows, right? Successful, we were around for years. And you'd be like, oh, behind this, everyone hated each other. It was miserable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, it's always just like fascinating because you're just like, wait, how does that happen? Right? How how is that allowed to continue for that long? Or how does that put because it's funny, sometimes you see people that, that on one film, they're terrible and they never seem to get cast after that but then other people are notorious for it but still keep on getting cast and it's that's because they sell they'll they sell a film right it's usually that person sells a film or their box office over internationally right they may not be box office in you know in the states or something Mm. like that but it it, and and sometimes that person doesn't start that way they become miserable Right, right, and then but they're a star now, so they got to keep going, yeah, 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 but there's a lot, and that does happen, there's no question. It usually is the producers, I mean, my my opinion, it's usually the producers and the studios' fault for allowing the actor to push as as far as they push, and they go, Oh, well, I can get away with all kinds of stuff, and they just keep (laughs) doing it, and that's and the and the studio's like, Oh, it's a hit, you know, just. And they're telling the producers on set, you know, just work it out, you know, give him or her what they want, you know, uh, you know, but with the, the, we're making too much money. So just, you know, let it go. And that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point. But let me, but to be honest, there are a lot of people who are not famous or, you know, bringing all the money or the box office who, who are unhappy. And it's like, dude, you're not, <laughs> you're not a man. So nobody has to hire you, you know, so you, you know, and and that's most actors. I mean, not most actors are are unhappy, but most actors are unknown or Mm. not. They don't bring in box office, you know, like I don't bring in box office. So I can't act any way I want and then and then go, well, why? Why am I not being hired? You know, like, no, because you're a dick and. You know, and we don't need you. We, right. You know, I'm used to enhance the story and to work with the number one or two or whatever, but I'm not used because I'm going to bring butts into the seats. You know, so they're, and most people are like, most actors are like me. I don't know. You know, yeah, there's very know few that. actors. I don't, that, I don't know about that. Well, in general, I mean, in, you know, in general for, for a big, big project. But the but my point being is that there are there are many more actors who don't command that kind of money and attention and fame that don't have the ability to act any way they want and not have any repercussions. I mean, mm-hmm. we know even some major stars that think they can act how they want and their repercussions for those people as well is just a lot less um you know, a lot less damaging than it is to somebody who's not famous. Very true. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, we we kind of see that in many different things, whether it be sport, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. Just like right. across the table, you have the people at that higher echelon that will do crazy things. Right. And then other people who sometimes that you mean you know, oh, they've seen that person get away with it, but they don't understand they're not the box office draw. So mm-hmm. it's just like they do something and suddenly they're cut and they're like, wait, what? But he yeah. got away with it. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said, but yeah, but he's got talent and he's putting butts in the seat, guy. <laughs> he just had a billion dollar movie that uh, you know, right. came out. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Yo, um, when you, when you read scripts like this, right? And because you, you've, yeah, you've all been in very big films. You know what I mean? Like, I also, when Bill Street, uh, I get names. If Bill Street could talk, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. that that's such a good film, man. Like, um, again, that that played at the London Film Festival, right? I took my friend to see that, and man, we were blown away. It was such Mm. a good film. But you're in, yeah, you're you're in these big films, right? When you read the script, like how can you sense, like from your experience, can you sense that, oh, I feel this is gonna be something? Or do or is it just a I believe it could be, but you know, we'll see. I have no idea. Yeah. And you know, and I never I never make a decision based on that because then I, I would probably not do, I would probably not work that much, you know? I mean, I have no idea. There's just times you do big, big, big projects that you think, you know, oh, this is going to be big. And then it, it just doesn't, nobody ever sees it. And then you mm-hmm. do a small film and it just blows up, you know, um, or, or even if it doesn't blow up, it does a lot for your career because the character and the writing and the quality of it. And people say, oh, I want to work with that guy because he was mm. a part of this or that, and, you know. So I always, like business-wise, I, I don't even, when I finish a film, I usually, or a TV show, I usually just forget, I'm on to the next one. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't think about what it could do for me or how big it could be. I mean, obviously that runs through your head at different points, but I spend no time on it because it's actually not relevant to what I do, you know? Um, and, and it's also, I don't think it's healthy. You know, if I'm sitting around expecting or hoping something to be a big hit and I'm putting all my energy into it and hope and dream and, and then it flops, then what good have I done myself? You know, I just need to put my energy onto the next job and hopefully, um the the combination of all this work is what leads to more work and more work and and that's ultimately you know for me after 36 years i you know hopefully i have another 25 or however long i'm around and can remember lines uh you know <laughs> then i can just keep working that's all i want to do i just want to keep working Mm. Which goes back to what I said he told me long years ago. Long, he said longevity. Longevity. Yeah. That's how you build longevity. You build a body yeah, of work. That's right. You yeah. Build a body I mean, of work and you say that was okay. I'm glad I did that. What's the next one? Mm. Right. Like you you've both been in some 
just incredible shows, incredible films, like franchises, just across the board. You know what I mean? Like you've both done the comic book thing, right? Aquaman. Jeff, <laughs> you know I mean? Jeff Morales, right? You you voice Miles' is, I mean, yeah, Bob, voice like, Miles dad for kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and how great, how great is that, right? So it's fun. Is, is there like you know I mean, as I said, look, you your careers up to this point have been incredible, right? But you you both really seem like you've got that hunger, like you're not hanging up the, the cows anytime soon, but it, yeah. are there things no. that you'd be like, that you're still like, oh, I want to achieve that. I want to do that before all is said and done. Gene? Uh, I mean, of course. I mean, of course. I mean, it's, 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 it's probably things on my list that I haven't thought about of recent, but, you know, I might got to do something I wanted to do. I, I mean, I wanted to do it. I wanted to be in like a comic movie as a as a character. Like, I mean, and also one of my greatest things I've always wanted to do. But I think I'm getting a little long on the tooth now. Is I wanted to do a biopic and I wanted to do Prince. Um. That might be too long on the tooth now for me, but hmm. you know, um, I, I think for me, it, it's it's about. I don't know if I've had my. I'm always in my mind going, I haven't done my best work yet. Hmm. So. If anything, it's always that's my next thought is that right. I haven't done my best work yet. And that's probably always going to be my thought process because I think that's what's going to keep me moving. Yeah. 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 And yeah, for yeah. me, I just I agree with that. But it's like I just I'm just ready for the next thing. You know, right. I don't I, I what I love about what we do is that you have no idea what's coming around the corner. You know what I mean? You you could be you could be chilling out doing nothing, and then the next day you get a phone call. So and so's interested in you for this, or you know whatever, blah blah blah. And they're gonna shoot in you know <laughs> in Africa somewhere, or Australia, or wherever. You know you have no idea in Hawaii, and that's the you know that's the joy. You go oh well, who's you know you don't know what you're going to be working with what director you're going to be working with writer mm -hmm. it's just that's exciting to me and that's that's why i don't i don't i don't know what's coming i don't have anything in mind of what i want to do i just want to keep being able to do it right mm. right right yeah that it's funny when you you hear from certain people like um michael jordan right the way he talks he used to talk about the game right yeah. and it was that mentality of like, I haven't had my best game yet, right? There's still more to do. I On to the next game. That was that one, on to the next one, right? And right. I, I think it, it's that certain mentality that you see that you understand the drive behind people and you can see how they've continued, how they maintain that high quality in everything they're doing. You know right. what I, mean? I, I feel right. like it's interesting to hear. Well, I mean, you know, you have to look at it as, you know, somebody asked me who you compete against. I'm like, I compete against myself. Mm. If I keep mm. thinking about the, if I keep thinking about this guy, then what am I, what am I doing? Yeah. You know, I, I'm always trying to improve. I'm always trying to become better than I was the last time. So I, I developed sort of the way that Mike felt about it in which it was like, yeah, yeah, that, that performance is cool. But when I see it, I go, ah, oh, man, I could have done better because now I do. Now I yeah. can do better because I've mm -hmm. learned something on that and now I'm on to the next one. And so it, it's for me, it's like sports. 
and that's how Jordan thought. Jordan was always like, he dropped 50, and he was like, yeah, but I didn't do this. Yeah. I'll do that next game. Right. You know, and I think that's how you build a legacy. And mm. that's, that's how my mind works. Yeah. Um, if I, I mean, There's a couple of things I want to ask you before I, I let you both go. And I, I appreciate you giving me your time. I, I really sure. do. This is a very fascinating conversation, right? So thank you. But how do you, like, when you come onto a film like Eminent, Eminent, this film. Eminence. Yeah, that's the one. There's a certain, like, rapport between the characters. As I said, like, it makes sense. When you watch it, you understand. Yeah, no, I feel that person would do that, that. I understand that, right? But how do you build that? Like, is there like bonding exercises that you always do? Do you like to, you know, go out for dinner with the rest of the cast? Like, how do you kind of build that connection? Hmm. I mean, it happens in a variety of ways, you know. I mean, unfortunately, we're doing film and TV nowadays, especially at the beginning of the production. Uh, you, we don't usually have rehearsals or time to get to know anyone if you don't already know them. Because, you know, when you've been around for a long time, there's never a job where you don't know people. Um, <clears throat> but originally, when it, it, you know, you're kind of learning and growing and figuring out the person that you're working with as it's happening, you know, and as you're on camera. And hopefully, again, that's what I was saying about hopefully the writing is strong enough so that if I'm following what I'm supposed to be doing and the other actor or actress or whatever is following what they're supposed to be doing and, and you know, I, you assume we're hired for our talent, that we can, we can find things together and with a good director, they can help mold it and they can help turn it up or turn it down or, you know, go left or go right, you know. So it's a, it's a, lear it's a learning process. And it's, again, it's one of the things that makes what we do exciting. It's not math. You know, it's not like, oh, when you come to the set, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, and then, and then you're going to feel this and you're going to feel that. It's not, that is not how it works. It, it's it's all a it's always a learning process no matter how long you've been around how does this person work how does this person like to shoot you know is this director a yeller is this director somebody that doesn't really give notes is this director that somebody that gives too many notes you know mm -hmm. is is my actress my is she gonna be like this is she so it's all like that's why you have to be so prepared because you don't know what what's going to happen or what you're going to get when you come to set, mm. you know? So, uh, and that's, sometimes it's, it's troubling, but it's always the, you know, excitement of, of the newness of, 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 you know, working your way through whatever situation you happen to be in right now in this particular production yeah and i love that mm. and when you like with characters you know what i mean because with this character like you know jonah 
he he he's very you know he he's got this belief you know what i mean and um davis he's like the complete opposite like so when you read these sort of characters how like is there a certain thing that you might do to kind of like okay so he thinks like this this character is this way let me watch this or try this to kind of really get myself into that zone into that mindset if you're not kind of on a similar path yourselves you know sometimes i think you find it in the moments um you find it in the moments for me it's finding it in the moments unless it's like a character that is you know about you know somebody who's who's real that you have to play that character yeah but usually it's 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 wonderful especially in an independent where the director and everybody else we have license to our characters and you try to make that character your own and once you, it's, it's psychology too once you know what that person's psychology is you try to play that to the best of your ability and then at some point you might go he wouldn't do that that doesn't logically make sense with this particular guy. Mm. And then you try to talk to them and see if you can change it. And if they're not, depending on the director or the writer, they may not agree with you. And then you have to go, okay, well, then I just have to do it to the best of my ability to, to you know, get that dude where he is in this particular moment. So it's it's a dance. It's a dance. It's a dance. It's um, You have to have great partners like Mike, Anthony, and um, Summer and them. You know, you have to have people that are willing to play with you. Uh, that, that's yeah. for me. That's for me. And I agree, but for me, like the the, the Bible is the script, mm. you know, and that that's where all the information is. You know what I mean? If I my job is not to fight the script, my job is to uh, is to enhance it as much as I can. And I'm I'm my job is not to go. Oh well, yeah, they wrote it like this, but I don't want to do that. I you know now I mean sometimes you you come into conflict with what you think and what the you know the writers may think but my job is is to enhance what was written mm-hmm. um and i and and that's that's my num to me my number one duty <clears throat> and sometimes you know i have to there there are problems are created and then i have to figure out how to deal with that but uh but it all comes from there. That's the that's the mother load. Like I'm not a I'm not an actor that does a lot of research um, on on you know unless research is definitely required. Uh, but usually I'm playing I'm playing a person who happens to be something, and the what that person does for a living is usually a plot thing, but who they are as people is is much more of um you know of a personal thing you know they happen to be a doctor but the whole point is that their their wife is cheating on them or they're cheating on their wife and that that isn't relevant the fact that they're a doctor Mm. (laughs) but there'll, there'll be a time in the story where the the fact that he's a doctor is relevant, you know, maybe something happens and he can help, you know, save himself or somebody else. But, but in general, what's relevant is what's that character is going through 
in their personal lives. And whenever what they do can, can add or shed some light into how they may respond, then yeah, you have to, you have to deal with that. But in general, um, you know, I, I, my, my main job is what, what is this person going through in their personal lives? Cause that's why we're watching a movie or a TV show. We're not watching somebody make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. We're, we're watching people in there. Good. Yeah. Right. Right. But we're watching people in, in the, usually in the most heightened moments of their lives. Right. Mm. You know, and, um, and how they respond to that is what we want to see. And that's where the, that's where the, as an actor, the choices, you know, not what you want and not what your objectives, are, not what your obstacles are, but how you go about getting what you want. That's right. what, that's where the meat of acting comes in. That's where the, the that's, that's why the way Eugene would do it and the way I would do it is different. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's about those actions, you know, and um, and how you you deal with that. And that's what's, you know, that's what's exciting about, again, that's what's exciting about what we do, you know, the being there and making those decisions. The work you do at home is so relevant. But then when you get on the set, you have to adapt to whatever's going on or to whatever yep. note that's given to you or to whatever... Um, whatever obstacle in terms of no, we don't, we can't do that because we don't have that. So mm-hmm. we have to, you know, change that, and uh, and that's the the joy of, you know, of the of that Gene, Eugene talking about earlier, the moment to moment. You go, okay, well things have changed, so I have to, I now have to deal with what's in front of me, you know, and yeah, not and I what I prepared for. Yeah, and that's the beautiful part is that I think the best ability of, that actor can have is adaptability. Yes. Because a lot, a lot of actors can adapt. Mm. And they and you have to be able to adapt almost in the moment. You, yeah. you have to. And if you can't, they will replace you. Mm. Yes, yes. They will. <laughs> they will replace you. They're like, you can't do it. All right, you got to go. So you got to yeah. know how to adapt. Yeah, I mean, we, we you know, we've seen some big cases of that. Like... um. Michael J. Fox wasn't the original Marty McFly. Yeah, you right. know? Eric Stoltz. Yeah, and um, oh my gosh, I forget my man's name, but Aragon in Lord of the Rings. It was meant to yeah, be wasn't it, Robert Townsend originally. Right. Oh, there's, so, a ton, there's you could go to a gazillion You can go to a list about who yeah. was supposed to be who. Yo, in yeah. 8 Mile, it was supposed to be Giovanni Rabisi. Oh, For my character. I did not mm. know that. Damn, he was the original concept for that role. Right, um, right, and he's an amazing actor. It was just that we're mm. different, and they wanted a different. And a lot of times, it's not about the talent of the other actor; it's the fact yeah, or the right. adaptability. It's that they just didn't fit, right? What mm. they cons- they thought of, or somebody came in and gave them a new idea, and they were yeah. like, "Oh, I think we want to go with this guy. This fits mm-hmm. what we want to do more." Because Back to the mm-hmm. Future with Eric Stoltz probably would have been good, but would it have been this? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. It's, it's, it, you know I mean, it, it's like adding a different ingredient to a meal. It, it completely changes it. It's still tasty as hell, but it's a different. Yeah. It's a different it's a flavor. Different thing. Could yeah. you imagine with Ted Lasso? It's all about cast too. We're just talking about chemistry. Look at Ted Lasso. I don't know what that show would be if those actors weren't 
together. Right. Yeah. The, right. the chemistry of that show, you know, when you find shows where the actors are perfectly placed and the everything, that, I mean, that's a dream to get those kind of, right. that kind of synergy. Doesn't mm. always happen. It's, it's yeah. lightning in a bottle. Yeah. It, it, it's funny. Like you take the UK office. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you take the American office and the the first few scripts of the American office were the same as the UK office. I know. Yeah. Completely different, though, a completely different vibe, but still great. And, mm-hmm. and it's interesting when you see that, you know, what I mean, those, those different takes on a certain situation played in those different ways. Yeah, that's, that's what's going to happen because people, everybody's going to react differently because we're all different. Mm. Nobody's the same. And that's what is so like Mike was saying, what's so beautiful about being an actor and playing opposite of another actor is you're not gonna get the same view of the same situation. You won't. Yeah. Yeah. Hey Kevin, I think I think I have to do another uh interview oh, um yeah. at twelve, and I think it's twelve. Is that right? Is uh, AJ listening or um, I don't yeah, know. I, is AJ? Oh, wait, wait, somebody's yeah, in the chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna let you guys go because yeah, I've, I've kept you for a Appreciate long. Appreciate it, time. brother. Yeah, it's been so, great. I, yeah, I, yeah. yeah no. Thank you very that much. Was good, it was a good talk, man. Definitely. Yeah, I, I really appreciate this. And um, people, the film drops on the fourth of February, so make sure you check it out because these two gentlemen kill it. Kill yeah, it. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yeah. Thanks, brother. Where did you get your information? YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love that. That's a good line. I love that line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Thank you very much, man. I, I All right, my brother. All right. We'll, take we'll it talk easy, to you later. Thank you. All right, Gene. Okay, there you go, people. How great was this episode, right? And it's part two. There is a part one that you should go check out, which still has its own flavor, people. We don't half deliver here. This is goddamn echo chamber, son. And if you want to go check out Immaments, and I definitely feel that you should, people, you can. It's going to be available from all your favorite VODs Friday the 4th of February. So, people, there you go. And go give Michael and Eugene a follow because you know when those names are on something, it's going to be good. They're always going to deliver those killer performances and they've been doing it for all these goddamn years, people. You know what I mean? So go follow them. Go check out the film. Man, it's something else. All right? So, until then. Oh, and remember, part one, right? We got part one and our coverage of Final Girls Berlin. So, yeah, it's all go, people. It's all go. So check out the content. Share it with your peoples. And we will see you next time. All right? Peace.